Hey everybody, this is Kevin Heffernan. Welcome to another episode of Chewing It. On behalf of Steve Lemmy, thanks for joining us. Great episode this week. We are joined by Academy Award nominee, Tom McCardle. Tom's an editor, and he edited the film Spotlight, and he is nominated for an Academy Award. Uh, Tom's an old friend of ours. He's edited a lot of films, and uh, it was fun to get him to come on. We talked about uh, the process of editing a film and editing Spotlight itself, which is such an amazing movie. Uh, if you haven't seen it, go see it. Um, uh, but it was great to have him. He's a little bit shy. We had to twist his arm to get him to come on, uh, but we had a great talk with him. So uh, enjoy. Uh, before we get going, uh, a little bit of business. Uh, Lemmy and I are lining up some road dates, and Broken Lizard is lining up some road dates. Let me go through them real quick. Um, Lemmy and Heffernan, we will be in Pasadena at the Ice House, the Ice House Comedy Club. Always wanted to go there. Uh, we will be there one night only, February 13th. February 13th. That's a Saturday at the Ice House in Pasadena. You can go to the IceHouseComedy.com for tickets. Uh, after that, we'll get a couple of Broken Lizard shows. Broken Lizard's going to Houston. All five guys, we're going to the Come and Take It Comedy Fest. Um, and, uh, we're going to do a big, big old live Broken Lizard show. And then that's on, uh, February 20th, February 25th, Broken Lizard will be in Chicago. We're going to be at the Park West Theater in Chicago, February 25th. Uh, and there are plenty of tickets available for that. It's a big place. So come, come join us. Come join us there. See all the guys. Um, uh, and then after that, Lemmy and I will be in Bakersfield, on March 3rd at the Tembler Brewing Company. Uh, they got a cool comedy room there, so we're going to head up to Bakersfield for the night. Uh, that's a Thursday night, March 3rd. So we got Pasadena, Houston, and Chicago are full Broken Lizard shows, and then Lemmy and I will be in Bakersville, uh, Bakersfield on the 3rd of March. You can see all this information on heffernandlemmy.com. We got it posted up there. There are links for tickets to each one of those uh, events. So if you're in any of those places, come say hi to us. Um, on top of that, let's talk about our sponsor, Amazon.com. Um, uh, we got a little banner ad up uh, on the website page. Uh, uh, you go to Nerdist.com and you go to the episode page and there's an Amazon banner. You click on that and then go do your shopping at Amazon as you'd normally do. And then uh, a piece of that will go to Chewing It. Chewing It. Chewing it, yo. Uh, piece of that will go to chewing it. Help us uh, keep the lights on. So, okay. That's it. That's all the business. Uh, let's go down with Tom McArdle. Talk about the intricacies of editing film. I think you're going to like it. Thanks, everybody. Enjoy the chew. Now entering Nerdist.com. What are you so fucking busy right now, aren't you? You're such a demand. Not really. That's why it's hard to get you here. No, I tried to back out, but you guys wouldn't let me. So. That's because we have a lot of good things to talk about, bro. <laughs> oh, we have so much to talk about. First of all, 
Uh, should we choose? Should we get the choose? Let's introduce our guest first, and then choose. okay, because we should. Because this is the great thing. This guy is nominated for an Academy Award. Mm-hmm. Like when you mm. congratulations when you tune into the Oscars. Are you speaking into the mic? Yes. When you tune into the Oscars on February twenty seventh or whatever it is, they're going to announce the editing category, and then they're going to show a picture of Tom McArdle sitting with his mom or whoever he's going to bring. We'll get into that. And he'll be out in the audience, and this is the guy, because mm-hmm. he edited the film Spotlight. Mm-hmm. So, ladies and gentlemen, uh, on the podcast today, editor extraordinaire, Academy Award nominee, mm-hmm. Tom McArdle. Congratulations. Thank you. Thank you. You have you reached, hear that audience clap? <laughs> you've reached the peak of your profession. That has to feel great. It feels pretty good, yeah. I mean, it's been 25 years. Coming, I know. So. Yeah. That's the funny thing also, though, that we've known each other for that long. Yeah. Right? And we've shared many a beer over the years and it's fun to see guys that you knew way back in the day hit the fucking big time right we were editing next door to each other in 95 yeah you were doing like uh you were doing like uh whipped <laughs> you were doing it wasn't whip 95 though it was like that twisted that's what it was i think yeah or was it star map no mm-hmm. laws of gravity <laughs> I'm, I'm going through this whole resume right now wasn't it that one with William Hickey and Joey Botafuco that was next, you guys I were doing Puddle Cruiser. No, I think it was that movie Twisted. Did you? Did you? I worked on that too. That was like a. It was funny because it was we were editing a Puddle Cruiser or something, and they were making a gay Oliver's <laughs> twist. It was a gay Oliver twist. Yeah. And uh, and uh, well, that's because just to say, McArdle was at like the forefront of the when their independent film movement back then. He was one of the editors. Well, back then. Laws of Gravity is one of those movies that like. I mean, I remember like reading about it before we we had not even gotten into it yet yeah like this is when like the tarantinos and all that and laws of gravity was one that like made a splash at sundance made a big sale all the lead actors signed at caa peter green peter right. green right right and then um and who was the director was that uh nick, nick gomez, gomez? Yeah. yeah he uh made a big splash he directed something else pretty soon after that like uh, new jersey drive or right. something like that right and then uh was that your first edit it was yeah. feature it was and it was people were impressed that it was made for thirty eight thousand. I think that was yeah, one of the that big was those days. Aspects. Those were the, the clerk days. Yeah. And those were the when people were doing that shit. Yeah, yeah. Uh, and how, we did that shit. With how did you get into that? I mean, we're just jumping right. We haven't even chewed anything. I wanna, yeah, we should chew. <laughs> I want to get into all that stuff, but I want to talk Oscars a little bit too. We can talk Oscars. Are yeah, you let's do chew. It? Do you want to do it first, Kev? Let's chew. I, I don't want to get. Any, I was. I want to chew. Okay, let's. Oh fuck. Let's chew. I want to fucking <laughs> chew. He's Kevin's a little. Sur- he's surly with me today. Let's chew. He's coming at me. That's why. Mm. Go ahead, McCardle. Come on. Let me hear what an editor sounds like when he chews. Mm. Because mm. oh, okay. editors have to eat all kinds of shit in the oh, editing room. Because they're, that's they're the fun thing. 24-7. Yeah, right. they, editors eat disgusting fucking shit. <laughs> oh, yeah. Whatever whatever is available Like a 2 a.m. Stale fucking piece yeah. of shit. Yeah, yeah, yeah it smells like shit in the room. Literally a piece of shit. I want to get to that, too, actually. We're going to talk about that also. And people tend to gain a lot of weight during edits. Oh, know, my God. Especially if you have an actor turned director, they'll often gain like 15 or 20 pounds. That's, and, where, that's mm. where I get killed. Every movie we fucking do, I, like, I'll lose a lot of weight from the movie, and then I'll sit in the editing room and just get fucking fat. Mm. That's bullshit. And that's the world that McCardle lives in. Yeah. Um, okay. So anyway, you're you are uh, nominated for the movie Spotlight. Yes. You edited the movie Spotlight, which is a fucking great movie, which Thank I watched for the second time recently. I watched it just last night. Wow, it's a that. great movie. Uh, and so, uh, God, it's exciting. So you got where were you when you got nominated? Were you like to wake up? It was like five a.m. Right? Were you? Yeah, a lot of people would wake up for the five thirty announcements, yeah. but I, I didn't think I was going to get it. Yeah, and so I slept in, and then I turned over in bed at six thirty. How could you not think you get it, man? You're front runner. Well, the, the last week or two before the announcements, the, all the internet sites started taking me off the list for some reason. Oh, really? Yeah. Okay. 
And Sons so I didn't think I was going to get it. I turn over yeah. in bed at 6.30 and I say, okay, I'm just going to peek at my phone. Sure. And there's 50 it messages. It was blowing yeah. up. So you had probably one from me. Yeah, and I, people were saying, dude, wake up. You know, what's wrong yeah. with you? Yeah. Stuff like that. Yeah. And you're like, I'm just chilling, bro. <laughs> it's like, oh, I knew it was coming all along. How many other? I, I was just like feverishly trying to get the list of nominees. Uh, Here it is. I got it. Nominees. I got it. Here's who he's up against, okay? okay? Mad Max. That's okay. the favorite. Yeah. A lot of edits in that movie. A lot yeah. of cutting in that and movie. And I want to talk about that. Keep going. Yeah. Big Short. That's the second favorite. Right. Revenant, which I don't even know why it's in the editing category, because it's like just huge. I mean, it's a beautiful fucking great movie, but it's just long just shots. One cut. There's just no one edits. Shot. There's really no edits. <laughs> and Star Wars. Yeah. Well, this, this was my question. Is like I was watching Spotlight last night, and I was wondering, like, you know, and this is, this is respectfully, because, I mean, you're nominated, but, but like... Mad Max and Star Wars are things where it's like, cut, 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 You know, like, I kind of don't understand the criteria now for, like, what goes into the nomination. Because, you know, I actually, I prefer gentle cuts like you make. Like, you're a nice gentle cutter. Well, that's the beauty of Spotlight is it's a sure-handed, and it's, you know, you can, it allows you to follow the story. You know what I mean? It's like... No, that's you what, can feel, you, it allows you to sit with a character for a second and then move on. Exactly, but yeah. that's what I mean. It's like I'm watching that, and, and now I saw Star Wars yesterday for the first time too. Okay, so I was coming right off of that double header because <laughs> you were getting ready to vote in the editors uh, thing. Yeah, I had to. I had to see, but but I was like, to just oppose those two things yeah. to me just seems wonky. But that's all right. No, that's okay. I think that's okay because it's just a matter of what people think was the you know. The better accomplishment, I guess. A hundred percent. And some people prefer fat, that fast shit, and some people like what McArdle did in Spotlight. I, th- like, I think it's hard for people to judge editing because people aren't really there for the process. And, yeah. But I think the first priority of the editor is to serve the story. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And uh, I do whatever I can to sort of make the story more clear and make it flow. And um, But lately, the last 10 years or so, they started putting films in that were action films that they, where they, they could see a lot of cutting. Sure. And I'm not sure that a lot of cutting is necessarily the best cutting. So no, it's the, it's it's the emotion. It's the, uh, the yeah. mood that you create. It's I the think mood should, of editing. Whatever the best overall film is should be the best, you know, best edited film, I think. Yeah. Well, that was, you know, and that was the conclusion I was coming to last night as, I was, as we were wrapping up. That there, there were a couple of scenes, there were a few scenes where, like, things were happening simultaneously that were cutting back and forth between. Right. And, you know, that story was very complicated. In ter- I mean, there's, every scene has lots of details. There are lots of characters, lots of names of, you know, victims and, uh, and defenders and, you know, plaintiffs. And it was very clear. And that to me was like, I suppose that is the line that's drawn It's a right well-put-together movie. Yeah. Thank you. But do, should we, do you want to talk about Spotlight or do you want to talk about... I'll talk about Spotlight. Okay. I, I will say this. You know, I'd love to talk about Spotlight and, and spend some time on it. Yeah. I, as I was, like, going through... I mean, we've known each other for a long time. Yeah. I was actually amazed at how many of the movies you've cut I watched and loved without knowing that you had cut them. Huh. You know, a lot, it's, I mean, look, uh, frankly, it's... Fucking uh, dick. Uh, it's a test... Well, no, <laughs> no, it's a testament dick. to Tom McCarthy. He doesn't look at the credits. It's a testament to... <laughs> I mean, in advance, in advance. It's a testament to Tom McCarthy, but, but I was like... And, and a testament... To you know, I'm like God. A lot like Win Win is a fuck is one of my favorite movies. Oh, fucking, I love that movie. I yeah. mean, that's you know, uh, uh, Station Agent. I watched probably like in the last year, and I you know, I actually knew that you had cut that uh, right. when I watched it. But like, I, I just uh, 
congratulations on uh, being on my short list of, uh, of great filmmakers, <laughs> is what I'm trying to well, say. Maybe we should we run through some of the movies? Yeah. yeah. So you, you, you work a lot with Tom McCarthy, which we'll get to. But uh, he did, of course, Spotlight, Win-Win, The Cobbler, The Visitor, you cut, Station mm-hmm. Agent. And then uh, you've done a lot of other films, and a lot of these kind of like really kind of old school independent film ones, right? Yeah. But like recently you did God's Pocket in a World, which was the right. Lake Bell movie, Lake which Bell's was movie, really yeah. popular. Hello, I must be going. Tenure. Heckler, which I want to talk oh, about. Oh, man. Heckler. Yeah. <laughs> uh, Whipped, which we all worked with uh, with Pico uh, on. Or not on, did but, we? but in did the past. We? Did we? Uh, Star Maps. These are the ones that were the old school when we were back at Sundance, right? Star right, Maps, Twisted right. Laws of Gravity. In fact, I think Star, Star Maps was the first film to sell that year at the Sundance Film Festival, was it not? That was the it year we were there. Right. I think it sold first. And he also has a, an, an amazing uh, mention in Super Troopers. An amazing mention. And if people don't remember, this is when, when uh, O'Hagan says, mm-hmm. I talked to Tom McCardle up at the Budget Committee, and he says, blah, 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 blah. But here's what I want to fucking McCardle. know. Here's what I want to yeah. fucking know. How yeah. is it that, I mean, like, we've got a lot of friends that we go back with, like, you know, 20 years. How is yeah. the McCardle, this new guy that we met, <laughs> is the one who got the mention? Well, it's not the new guy we met. We knew him when we did Puddle Cruiser, and this was Super Troopers. Yeah. So. But, but, I mean, he came up on the Puddle Cruiser tour. He was up with uh, Fred, right? Didn't you guys come up to... UMass or whatever and party with us? I don't think I did, but I was around I think a you lot did. then. I think you guys were writing down the hall from us too, right? You were you were at that table by the we window were. at Cyclops. So yeah, but I know because we you talked probably about just this. seen me in the no, hall. No, no, because we we yeah. talked about this because <laughs> at the time that was the same time where we went up to Dartmouth, uh-huh. and we've had this conversation before because you you went to Dartmouth, right? And we were kind of shunned by the head of the film committee up there, it's Bill Pence, uh-huh. right? Who. You it was like a professor of yours, right? He uh, was the head of the Dartmouth Film Society, right? So and he hated up. us. He hated us, dude. <laughs> Do you remember that you record like um, on that film tour? We had to record uh, radio spots. Yeah. And we had. Uh, Do you remember this at all? We had uh, the comedian Pablo Pablo Francisco, Francisco. yeah, who was doing the fake uh, trailer voice because he does a great impression in of, a world of the trailer guy. Yeah, uh-huh. that guy. And uh, <laughs> in fact, and. Um, you, like Jay and I, were doing the Dartmouth one. Mm-hmm. Oh, no, no. What happened was that the guy Pablo did it, but he didn't know how to pronounce Dartmouth. Right, so he cut these really great ads, and it was like, this week at Dartmouth College. Yeah. <laughs> you know? He couldn't say it. I just remember like we were laughing about it over and over again. Yeah. For some reason, I, th- I th- well, we were in the Cyclops editing room, uh, editing thing. And that's you were probably there. But we, yeah. were, we were. Th- I remember like specifically sitting there with you, and we were listening to all of Pablo Francisco's fuck ups. Yeah, he did. I come to Dartmouth College, <laughs> right, right. to Dartmouth College. He right. literally couldn't say Dartmouth. Carl was fucking pissed about it, probably. Yeah, because he went to Dartmouth. Yeah, Jesus did you go to Dartmouth? Christ. I did, but I don't think I was. I were you in the Delta House? Yeah. <laughs> no, I wasn't. I wish I was. That was... Yeah. You don't think I wasn't in any house. I were you a, a film guy back then? Uh, I got into film the second half of the time, my time there, yeah. In what way, though? Were you, were you editing or what were you doing? I uh, took a year of theory courses in history, and then I, the last year I was there, I started working on a lot of just filmmaking, little student films and little student when you Were the things where you do all the jobs? Yeah. Right. Yeah. Why, so what, where did you gravitate towards editing? Uh, just while I was working on the films, uh, the part of the process I liked the best was editing. And um, just what were they editing on back then? Was it film? Or it was, was VHS it? to VHS. VHS to VHS. Yeah. I love that. Like you'd put the two tapes in, or what? Yep. And the cuts would be approximate. <laughs> you would, you know, you would sure. make a cut. And it was like sort of the cut you wanted to make. Yeah. yeah. Was it like um, the thing you liked about it was like just putting a puzzle together? Pretty much, yeah. And also, I just the how you could adjust the flow of things and sound and music and. Um, yeah, picking the pieces and 
also, I just noticed the time would go by very quickly while I was working in the edit room. That, I, that, means, I would, that means you're liking it. I liked it. Yeah, yeah. I just would mm-hmm. sort of immerse myself. And, and so you started editing. This is after Dartmouth. This is while you were in Dartmouth. This is, yeah, my last year at Dartmouth. Yeah. Okay. And then, and then you, uh, uh, what was the next system that you came out? Did you start editing on film or did you go? Because I remember when we did Puddle Cruiser, we were at Cyclops and there was this fucked up system called D-Vision. Right, oh, yeah. You D-Vision. remember D-Vision? Yeah, yeah, that didn't last very long. We cut D- Puddle Cruiser on D-Vision. Right, and I was working next door to you. Remember there was two edit rooms, right, like one. I this was, was on Elizabeth or whatever. Yeah, this was a, yeah, yeah, yeah. That's yeah. when I first met you. The yeah, original yeah, right. Cyclops. That was the original Cyclops. Where uh, what happened? We had like the night shift. That's I was on the night shift too. Yeah, and uh, and remember like they were tearing down a building across the street, uh-huh. and the rats would come running <laughs> yeah. into the fucking building overnight at Cyclops. Right, right. Like and I remember somebody. Maybe it was you. Somebody. Uh, like a rat ran into the room and they kicked a fucking boombox and it smushed the rat against the wall. <laughs> it was. It was. It might have been McCardle. Yeah, I don't think. But that somebody was. killed the fucking rat or was in it the David? editing room and left it there. <laughs> I remember specifically that happening. It was either you or David. Yeah. It wasn't Fred. <laughs> no, it might have been some other editor. But I mean, David didn't go down into the into the picture cut area that much. He was no. up in the he was up in the sound cut area. But yeah, no, that's where the uh, that's where we cut on division. And then, uh, well, we cut film before that. Did you ever have you ever cut film? Film that? Well, yeah, that's what I was working on when I started uh, on on flatbeds, sixty yeah, millimeter yeah. flatbeds. Yeah, yeah, Steambacks. Those that is so foreign now, don't you think? Like when you think about how you would take a roll of film and you would splice the movie together that way. That's how we cut the tinfoil monkey agenda. Mm-hmm. But like that's how did you cut Laws of Gravity that way? Yes. Or? Yeah. On film. Yeah, two flatbeds. If like um, if Quentin Tarantino, who, who's your favorite director besides Tom McCarthy? Uh, Coppola. If Coppola said to you, you know, I don't, even, I won't even do an impression. If he said, Tom, I want you to work on my next film, but I want to do it old school. I'm going to shoot on 35 millimeter film, <laughs> and I want you to cut. I want you to splice the film together. Forget these goddamn machines and the final cut. I want you to cut. Would you do it? I would do it, but it would be difficult. Yeah. Yeah. I wouldn't do it. Fuck that. <laughs> I mean, don't you think it's so much easier just to cut on a computer? Style? It is. It's way think, easier. Do you think there's something lost in cutting on a computer versus film, or no? I don't think so. I don't think so either. Yeah. <laughs> the, yeah, the only thing lost cutting it uh, on film is time. Yeah. And but also it's the uh, ease or different kind of artistic ability. I mean, you, you there's less things you can do when you're cutting on film. Yeah. You're you're restricted in what you can do. Yeah. Cuz you're actually working with frames of film. And yeah, I remember that. It would be like Oh, where's that fucking take that we lo- – oh, it's on the bin, and you have to walk in the other room, and it's hanging from a strip somewhere, and sure. so you have to find it, and then you have to – Sure. You know what I mean? And resync it. And, yeah, particularly yeah. in the broken lizard world, world of film. Oh, like, God. Yeah. I mean, come on. Getting blood right? from a stone. Um, so, so when you left Dartmouth, what, you went to uh, uh, New York City and decided I want to be an editor? Yeah, and I found out about the shooting gallery, which was an independent sure. production house downtown, and um, started working there as a – PA and intern and craft service and I assisted on a short film as an editor, assistant editor and mm-hmm. and so it was all with the guys of you wanted to do yeah. editing yeah and so you worked down there and, and worked on a movie and how did you get to Laws of Gravity what year what year was this this was don't date yourself yeah, not to age no, the end of ninety one okay yeah. right that's when we went to New York yeah Laws of Gravity was starting up and Nick said you want to work on this with me and how had you met him just around the shooting gallery okay yeah and he said you want to work on this with me it's like a thirty thousand dollar movie yeah. And I said, uh, okay. <laughs> yeah. And it luckily, you know, turned out pretty well. Were so. you, did you work for free or did you work for like minimum wage? Because <laughs> it's one free. or the other. It's one yeah. or the other. Yeah, free. it was free. It was deferred salary, they called it. Yeah. So, which actually deferred did. Salary. Did they, did they, pay did they it ever did refer it? It did because it, it, the film sold for a lot more than it was made for. So, yeah. yeah. And did it sell Sundance? 
it actually it didn't actually go to Sundance. We we applied and didn't get in. It, it, it showed at New Directors New Films, and then some company saw it and bought it. I think RKO or somebody. Right. Okay. So, and so you sh- you cut it on film though. Yeah. Okay. Sixteen. And, and that was your first up. feature. Yeah, and it got blown up to 35. You said 16 or Super 16? 16, regular okay. 16. So, yeah, it looked a bit grainy, but... Yeah, I remember So the that. first film you cut as a feature ends up selling for a shitload of dough. Yeah. Were you like, fuck yeah, I got the touch? <laughs> Not really. No, you didn't think so? Come on. No, on that film, the director was probably more responsible for the cut than I was, you know, so I, I sort of worked with him as an associate, but... Um, you, were a, you were a button pusher. Yeah, we're, you know, we were we were at two flatbeds, so you know. That's what we call editors, you yeah. know, McArdle, button pushers. <laughs> I don't call them that. I have much more respect for the uh, art of editing. No, I'm just kidding. Well, and Kevin kidding. has a few editing credits, right? On Super I do, Troopers, on and... Super Troopers, Puddle Cruiser. But, but that's yeah, like we were we we uh, had gotten past film, and uh, we did Puddle Cruiser on Division, and then Super Troopers was on an Avid, which uh, was also a new uh, thing for us, you know. What was the first movie you cut on Avid? Oh, wow. Um, I know I cut some short films in 96. What features? I, I can't even remember. I mean, that's when you were in, like, the Star Maps world. And right. That's, that's Star stuff, Maps right? was definitely an early one that I worked on the Avid. And who directed that? Tar- uh, Miguel, Miguel Arteta. Miguel Arteta. 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 I'm pretty sure that was the first film that uh, saw the year we were there at Sundance. At Star Maps? Yeah, Star Maps. So it was 97 when we had Puddle Cruiser? Yeah. yeah okay, and McArdle was there. I think we, got, we were in the hot tub with McArdle. <laughs> <laughs> when when wasn't McCarl in the hot tub? That's the real question. But you were at that Sundance. That, that was the, for our first Sundance. It was ninety seven? I think it was. Jesus, I was there, and yeah. you were there, and you yeah. were there. And I don't remember the hot tub part, but we had a hot tub in our fucking condo, dude. You were there. <laughs> yeah, we used to go back there. We had like uh, air band competitions, real Hollywood shit. <laughs> <laughs> I think you were at Sundance every time we were at Sundance, McCarl. Is that possible? Uh, no, probably not every time. Um, are you looking at his list of questions? <laughs> don't look at my questions. <laughs> it's a long one. No, no. Talk. By the way, did we mention that I'm sick? That's why my voice yeah, sounds he's sick. strange. Yeah, but don't worry. Gonna we're gonna make, I'm going to make this nice and gentle for you. I'm not even. <laughs> I'm not even going to be aggressive. I'm on your side. What was the? Uh, when did you meet? Uh, it's, it's, I find the relationship that you have with Tom McCarthy interesting. Like, yeah. when did you meet that guy? In 2002. Yeah. Um, I was out here and I worked on some films I wasn't so psyched about. There was even a horror movie that I put a fake name on because it was. Can you name what they are? No. I don't. You know, there was a whole. That was the whole reason to put the fake name on. Sure. It, so okay. it didn't show up on my IMDb. Right. Okay. And I was like, I got to work on something good. And uh, my agent sent me a couple scripts, uh, scripts in uh, August of 2002, and one was the station agent. Yeah. And I thought yeah. it was a really great script. Yeah. And I flew out to meet with Tom and. And Tom's the director of Station yeah. and, and Spotlight. Also. At the time, he was yeah. an actor. Like he had been in. Uh, Meet the Parents. He was yeah. Dr. Bob. He was the doctor. Or, That's the yeah. interesting thing. He's got like a lot of acting credits. Well, he's in The Wire, too, man. And yeah. He like, also has a couple of editing credits, I think. Is that possible? No. I think he does, if you look at his IMDb. I don't think so. I'm going I'm to... Oh, boy. I love <laughs> it. I love it when this Fuck happens. you, McArdle. And you guys also have, like, when you, when you IMDb, your name, his name comes up because they're so close. Tom yeah. McArdle, Tom McCarthy. Yeah. Yeah. Is that it? Was that one of the things in the interview? Like, hey, our names are pretty similar. <laughs> I think he found that amusing, you know. Sure. But he actually called me the wrong name for like the first month we worked together. He called me Todd. It's and Todd per- McArdle. Yeah, and he, the, my, his producer had to say, uh, "Tom, he has the same name as you." you know, yeah. Try to just it's easy. Or right, so you get the direct, you got the script for the station agent. I flew out to meet him, and uh, you know we talked about films that had a similar feel, and yeah. we were both fa- fans of this film called uh, Local Hero. Yeah, mm-hmm. sure, Peter. Um, Rieger and Rieger, right. Burt Lancaster. Yeah. It had a similar tone to the st- tone of the station agent. Yeah. And, and uh, so we sort of bonded just talking about that film. And 
got along pretty well. And it was also a very late season movie. It, start, it started August 20th. And yeah. for Sundance, it's a very late start, especially the when... The shoot started August 20th? Yeah. Did and, they make it that that Sundance? Yeah, we had to race. We, oh, wow. We, yeah, it was shot on film, too. So it had to, it was Super 16. It on had to film? Be, had to be blown up to 35. So. so the deadline for Sundance is when? It was very quick. Well, it's we, usually end of October. Yeah. And uh, you can get, like, some extensions. We got like some that. extensions and some and feedback. And we Thanksgiving even, is when you find out. So... God. Yeah, and we even had to run out and do a pickup shoot like November 10th and 11th when it was freezing and Peter Dinklage had to like walk around in a shirt like right. in 35 degree weather like he was, was pretend, he pissed? He, No, he was cool. <laughs> he was a trooper, but he had to pretend he wasn't shivering and you know, yeah. we were running around with a leaf blower trying to blow leaves off of the train tracks and things to, so <laughs> it would match. So it looked the same. So it would match the summer shoot. Yeah, yeah. but so we cut that film in uh, 13 and a half weeks from start of shoot to and finish. At, and at that point, did you feel like you were, you know, professional editor? You had a few movies under your belt by that point, right? So Yeah, I think, you know, I think it takes like 10 years or so to really, to really? feel confident that you have like a complete game as an editor. Yeah. You know? Well, now then, I mean, how, how were you selected uh, for that film then? I mean, you know. You just won the interview, man. <laughs> was it? Well, I mean, that's, I guess that's my question. Is I like, think it was late in the season and everyone else was booked. And uh, also, we, you know, we, we had had a good discussion about films like Local Hero and other yeah. things. Yeah. Um, How was Dinklage? Was he okay? He was great. Yeah. He's a great guy. He's great in that movie. Yeah. Very witty guy. If you hang out with him, very you know, funny guy. Yeah. yeah. And so you, got, you and McCarthy obviously hit it off on that movie. Yes. Yeah. Because I think people don't know this, but like the editor position is like a really like the director spends a shitload of time with the editor, maybe more time than anybody else. You know, sit in that room, yeah. and in a small room, in an environment that is conducive to arguing. Sure, and it's <laughs> well, yeah. I mean, it's hard in terms of collaboration and that kind of stuff. But like, you know, you really, you really want to have a good relationship with your director, and obviously, you do because you've done four to five of the guys' movies, whatever it is, right? So, right, you guys must have hit it off on that, or I think we did, and you know, he appreciates just honest feedback. He's not afraid to hear something very critical. Yeah, although yeah. I do think you, as an editor, you have to sometimes have to wait. Sometimes, like you have to wait a few weeks with certain things to give your opinion. You mean something that the director is particularly things. attached to? Yeah, I think you know. Sometimes I'll wait a month or two to say a certain thing because I know if I said it right now, it, it would get rejected and never have a chance. Yeah, sure. You sort of have to be a little bit, you know, long range. You got to pick your, your battles a little bit. You're, you're, you're short and you're long term. Sort of, yeah, yeah. I mean, I think that happens. Yeah, you're, you're in the editing room. You're like, you know what? I'm not going to bring this up now. Yeah, but at some point I'm going to bring this up. Yeah, and it's sort of it's like a marriage in that way too. You, you know, you yeah. try not to annoy each other some of the time. Yeah, <laughs> I mean, is is it like so? It's something where like you're just going to let this thing play out, and you know, ha- has there ever been a time where you're like, oh, I'm going to let this thing play out, and I'm going to zap it in a month, and then along the way you're like, I actually kind of like it. <laughs> that can happen too, sure. Yeah, yeah. I mean. Things change. You change your opinion on things. And one thing that's always been a key part of our process is we have a rough cut screening every three weeks or so Yeah, for about eight people in the edit room. Right. And uh, we listen to the feedback. And if we start hearing the same thing repeatedly, we know we have an issue. And, yeah. Um, and we encourage people to give us honest feedback. You know, we, we serve them wine and say, like, what did, did this yeah. work? Did this work? Was this clear? And you, you lube them up. Right. And yeah. you want people, you know, to tell you the truth. Mm-hmm. And... So if we hear we have a problem somewhere a lot, then eventually something will get done. You know? Yeah. And we also usually do a two-day pickup shoot during most of our edits where we get shots or little scenes to help in, in areas. So that you know you need. Yeah. You kind of a thing. Yeah. And in every movie, it's helped a lot. To, to, you know, uh, on The Visitor, an uh, early rough Another cuts. great movie, Richard mm-hmm. Jenkins. Thanks. We, yeah. we had, like, say, for instance, we had a little shoot where uh, Denai, uh, who played Zainab, the the young yeah. woman, um, she was being very sort of mean to Richard Jenkins a lot, and people had an issue with that. So 
we added a scene where she sort of apologized to him and he offered her Chinese food and she, she thanked him and apologized and sort of smoothed over that issue. And th- we do that a lot in the movies where we sort of add some little beat in somewhere to sort of smooth over. Now, sure. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Will you be part of the creative process in that? Uh, are you like, you know, I think uh, I'd love to. I was just thinking, you know, maybe like a Chinese food scene would be uh, would really <laughs> be what the doctor ordered here. <laughs> I love Chinese food. Yeah. And, you know, because uh, last week I had a friend, you know, we, uh, uh, my, my, my friend and I were arguing. We just, you know, we settled over some Chinese. <laughs> Great idea, McArdle. Yeah. Great idea, Todd. <laughs> Great idea, Todd. <laughs> no, but like, like do, are you part of the creative process then? Well, we talk about things we need, but Tom, Tom's a great writer, so he'll, he'll come up with the, you know, most of those ideas. Yeah. So, uh, but, um, well, together we'll talk about the things the film might need, you mm-hmm. know, for the but pickup shoot. I guess in terms of that process, then let's let's talk about that a little. Like, so the movie starts shooting, right? You start cutting immediately while the movie's shooting, like yes, within a yeah. week of it shooting. No, from from the first day, right? Yeah. And you're off in a room, yeah, and you're putting together what's called an assembly cut, right? Which is the editor's first shot at the thing, yeah, right? Because the director's still making the movie. And it's your job to do that. And a lot of it is to see if things, you have all the pieces you need, right? Mm-hmm. And a lot of things is like, while they're still shooting, you can say, hey, you missed this, or I'm really needing this shot. And then they can go and they can do that, right? Yeah, I'll do a little bit of that. Yeah. Like on Spotlight, we had a couple inserts we needed, and I would just sort of call it in. But in general, I only call if there's like a problem in yeah. the footage. Uh, and otherwise, I'll just sort of email Tom saying things are looking good and and are you ever at the location they're at, or you're either New York, L.A., and they're out lo- on location shooting? You're- I'm usually just editing in New York. Yeah. yeah, and so they're out somewhere else. So it's not like Tom finishes the day shooting, walks into the room, and says, hey, let's do this kind of stuff, right? No, no, he's usually too tired. You know, right. There's too much of a challenge it's hard. Just, to, just to finish the first day and plan for the next day. And, yeah. you know, Has he acted in anything that he's directed? No. Okay. And so you're putting this assembly together, yes. right? And then the movie finishes shooting. And you take probably a little more time to finish that? It's usually like another week and a half. Just yeah. to get your cut done. Well, I guess they say you, you get a week after the last dailies come in. And there's usually a couple-day backlog of dailies after the shoot. Yeah. So it usually ends up being about a week and a half. And then right. you sit down together and watch the full rough cut. And that's a, a, a scary moment? Or is it like a moment for... I mean, with a guy you've worked with a lot, it's probably not so much. But like that's a moment where you're saying, here's what I think your film kind of... Yeah, it's always stressful. Yeah. You know, and... and, and um, this is because it's pre-collaboration with the director, right? right. This, is, this is the way I see it. I mean, and the other thing is I find about assembly cuts is it's, correct me if I'm wrong, like your job to put everything in there. Yes. Right? So that he can everything see everything. Yeah. As opposed to you making decisions like, I don't think we really need this piece of dialogue or this exchange. or That's not right. the t- point. And you'll often be very tempted to cut things up. But sure. You can't. You just sort of slap your hand mm-hmm. away from the mouse to... And then that's when you present, like, the three-hour cut of the movie, right? <laughs> Isn't that what it is? Yeah, I mean, it's usually only about 40 minutes longer than it ends up being. Yeah, so. with all the stuff that they have For most of it. the films, yeah. Right. And yeah. then so then he comes in, and then you start going through with him, right? Yeah, well, the first two or three weeks after that, we do his, the director's first pass. And my general thing is I let the director just do whatever they want yeah. without any resistance for those two or three weeks because they need to feel like they've had their – chance to go through the footage and do whatever they want right away and then you have then you start screening it and um can i interrupt for one second yeah. is that something that uh, required you to train yourself a little bit to do like to be hands-off or did you yeah. always have that yeah i think i the, because if you resist people they, they start to there starts to be a it could be resentment or you know weird feelings you, that people want to they yeah. want to try everything they want to try immediately mm-hmm. and they might as well try it early on and, yeah um, i mean that's a great thing because I, I i've worked with 
editors, and the no guys are really tough. You know what I mean? Like a no guy. I mean, you, we learn this all in any collaboration, in the writing, in, well, let's just try the joke. Let's just see what it looks like on the page. We say that shit all the time when we're writing, but it's the same way in editing where it's like, if I'm like, maybe we should, no, no, or I try that or no. You, you, don't, want, you don't want to hear that. You want to tr- see it yeah. and then make the decision. But that's yeah. also, I mean, but that has taken, that took us a while. To it took a too. long time to learn that and shit. And so I'm just, you know, yeah. like, yeah. If, if you went into it with that attitude, that's I didn't great. start you, that way, no. Yeah. You didn't you you learn, you you learn the hard way. I you think. were a no guy? Well, you know, you, you learn the hard way. I think that's what a lot of what learning is, is you learn by making mistakes in yeah. different ways. Yeah. You know, through the years, the first 10 years or so, I learned like on some movies, I didn't go to the sound mix and I would show up to see the final film and be horrified that all these sure. prelapse sound effects I had were missing. And, and Yeah, well, and I think, you know, also people uh, who aren't in the film business don't appreciate even that assembly cut that you're putting together, like, you know, the music and the sound, all that is a huge part of it. And, you know... Like when I watch those assembly cuts, sometimes I'm horrified mm. because they're it's they're naked. It's like looking at a chicken with its feathers right. plucked. Lemmy after every assembly cut looks white. <laughs> yeah, yeah. You know I mean, just a just a face is just you can't take it. You know but, what? You know which one though? Like like Slam and Salmon. I didn't feel that way. I really liked Slam and Salmon. Yeah, right right out of the gate. That was yeah. very well cut. I like. I, I, I yeah, told you that good. at the time. I thought yeah, they did a good job. Really did a good job. Right. But one thing is, I, I don't really do an assembly. I just I put the sound effects and music in at the start. I really try to make it feel like a mm-hmm. like a, as much a viewable, as possible viewable movie, which is yeah. so important because like no matter how many times you tell someone there's no music and no sound effects, they'll the first thing is like, wait, there's no music. Right. You know, where are the sound effects? Yeah. yeah. So it really, to take the time and try to make it as close to the thing, it really helps you in terms of this is the way I think it should be. You know yeah, it mean? helps all of us looking at it to sort of, you know, have it feel the complete film. Yeah. You know? And so you go with that director, and the director gets something like 10 weeks or whatever to put together a cut, pretty much. Well, I guess an independent film, it doesn't so much matter. Yeah. Right? And then you start showing it to people. Yeah. At that point, right? Yeah, about a month after the rough cut, we start showing it, and... uh Getting feedback and then just sort of adjusting the cut based on the feedback and and uh, just repeating that process. Right. And on Spotlight, we repeated that process for five and a half months. So I, wow. I, I did the first rough cut in ten weeks, and then uh, after that, we took another five and a half months. Why? Yeah. Because uh, it was to, so complicated. Just to refine it and uh, yeah. and make it as sort of tight as possible and clear as possible. Yeah. A lot of it was the clarity of following stuff about the the case and the documents and things yeah, like that. Yeah, which is the beauty of that movie. I mean, it does a great job doing it. Yeah. Uh, so just to finish the timeline. So then you do that for a couple months, and then you get into the sound work. Yeah. And a lot of people don't know this, but like you just said, uh, you spend a lot of time doing sound work inside your Avid, your system that you're yeah. cutting on. And so you kind of get involved certainly in the sound mix where yes. you're on the stage when they're putting all the sound in. And you're on the stage making sure your kind of vision is protected in a way, right? Yeah. And the, the sound mix is sort of like almost like another shoot because you have a limited amount of time mm-hmm. and it's very expensive. Yeah. You know, what is it, like $400 an hour at these yeah, mixed ridiculous. stages? And so you get like three, four, five, depending on how big the movie is, you know. And everyone is pretty stressed out because it's, you know, you have this limited amount of time to make the film sound right. And often yeah. the music is being like changed the last second. So that's also another thing that's always up in the air at the mix absolutely and also the funny thing is like i always find it uh well the mix the mixers get so you can see when they're getting angry but it's like if you have five people sitting in that room watching that screening writing notes down yeah. which will be the director and the producer and the editor and whoever it is you know and then you finish and then you, you go through those list of notes everyone's got 
10, 15, 20 notes, which means Could it's be. 100 notes, yeah. and the sound yeah. mixer is bummed out about that at that point. Yeah. Because it's, there's a limited amount of time, you know? But as the editor, you've already spent two months, five months, like you said, on this thing, and you know. Yeah, and also, yeah. you know, one thing that always happens at the mixes, a lot of times, is that you show up and the, the dialogue sounds a lot different than it had sounded on the Avid for sure. six mm-hmm. or eight months. And a lot of times what is happening is they, they've put a filter on the dialogue to take out the noise. Yeah. And, Ends up taking out a lot of the bass in people's voices, mm-hmm. so then people start sounding like, ah, "Hey, how's it <laughs> And and it, for a dramatic film, it changes everything. So you have to sort of try to get back some of that bass and warmth in people's voices, and right. tell, sort of get people to take some of the filters off of the voices because the idea is not to have no noise and people sounding like chipmunks. Sure, it's, it's yeah. to, is that an argument you have every time with the sound mixers, where you're like, "What the fuck are you doing? We do we go through this every time." <laughs> It happens often, uh, but we we have a couple sound mixers that we really like. There's a guy Paul Shu uh, in New York who's fantastic, and yeah. uh, he he knows you know ahead of time mm-hmm. how we how things. I've seen some great fights between editors and sound mixers. <laughs> well, <laughs> you, have you ever had? Probably, yeah. Sure. Yeah. Yeah. This is fucking bullshit. I've been doing this for five months. You change this around? You're yeah, fucking crazy. Because we have a, a hilarious sound mixer. Well, no, I'm talking about the big stage mixers. Okay. Yeah, okay. the big stage mixers. Those yeah. guys, they get for a week, you know what I mean? Mm. Yeah. But, you know, seriously, like the editor, you know, uh, has been working hard on this thing for a long, long time, mm. longer than that sound mixer has. And yeah. he's sitting there and he's like, this is not the way it's supposed to be. But now you're in the sound mixer's house. You know what I mean? Yeah. <laughs> so, yeah. It's like a sound mixer must hear that all the time. You do. and that, But it comes down to, you know, the director is, is your final arbiter of everything. Right. So, you know, this is why McCarthy McCarthy, you know, the, the relationship. Yeah. He's in good shape when that happens because he's friends with McCarthy. You know what I mean? Do you guys have a nickname? Do people call you like the double Mac? The, the two Toms yeah. uh, or the Toms. A few people call us the Toms. But, the Toms. The Tom Tom Club. But, uh, you know. That's what I'm going to call you, the Tom Tom Club. doesn't really catch on. So. <laughs> Tom Tom Club. Yeah. Tom Tom. <laughs> Mac and Mac. Oh, I like it. Mackie Mac. Double Mac. Yeah, Mac Mac. Double Big Mac. Um, so, uh, so you'd cut his movies for so long and then... Uh, the spotlight comes along, which he, well he wrote it. I mean, the spotlight comes along, and it's do you, it's it's kind of a different kind of a movie than some of his other movies, don't you think? Yeah, like it's yeah. very procedural and yep. very. Uh, uh, I mean, all his movies are, have a kind of very talking kind of element to it, but this is a very, it's a very conversational uh, movie. Uh, you know what I mean? Yeah. It's like a. You know, it's the all the president's men kind of feel. Also, you have that kind of thing going on too. And some of his, I mean, I think a lot of his films in the past also have a, even if they're a little heavier, like Station Agent, they still have a sense of humor. Yeah. Um, oh yeah. You know. Yeah. Win Win does a great match, a great job of going back and forth between comedy and drama. But do you read that script and you're like, this is a little different, or than the movies I've done with Tom, or are you like, this is going to be great, or? I mean, it was a really strong script, so I was yeah. excited about that. Yeah. Um, but yeah, you could tell it wasn't the sort of the other films were a little bit more intimate and about sort of unlikely friendships and relationships. Yeah. And this was more about an investigation. And in the edit, we actually ended up um, pulling out some of the personal life scenes oh, from okay. Spotlight because as we kept cutting, we found that people just wanted to focus on the investigation. That's true because you know I, I, yeah. found, I felt that there's still like the remnant of the guy who has the, uh, the neighbor, the, the yeah, the house in his neighborhood. Yeah, and you're kind of like I'm watching them, kind of like you could lift that. I bet there was more of that in there, that kind of stuff. Yeah, or there the were grandmother, little things. Or the you yeah. know. Although I have to say, I was I was like, I want to know what's happening. Like I kept expecting the other shoe to drop and being like, one of those guys molested a kid, and look at you know uh, Michael Keaton and him and, and be like, I'm sorry, I fucked up. I was I was waiting for that. Did that moment? Sure. Just to, 
No. no. <laughs> but we did have a, some people early on thought, and this might be a semi-spoiler, but uh, yeah. it's not a big spoiler. But hey, spoiler alert. Right, sp- right, hold on. Let's, let's properly warn people. Spoiler <laughs> alert. Because people are going to want to watch this movie. Yeah. And yeah. They're going, a lot of people are going to watch it in the next couple months. Um, so let's say spoiler alert. Here For it the comes. next minute. Go. Yeah. It's just it's a minor thing, but some people thought that Ben Bradley Jr., played yeah. by John Slattery, might yeah. might have been like the bad guy who was hiding the right. documents. Right, one or, of those people. Right. Yeah, we've heard that a lot. That so feeling we, was there during one of our pickup shoots. We added the scene in the vestibule of uh, Mike's building where yep. he and Ruffalo talk about the case, and they sort of just talk about it. Just took spotlight to break the case open, and that yeah. Slattery sort of, you know, it sort of defines where he's at with the with things, right. and, and he wasn't. Secretly, the bad guy. But those so. are the things that you have to modulate. As you those go. are yeah, one yeah. of those little scenes that we would add to sort of just sort of smooth through yeah. a, a bump that was occurring. I had a funny thing, you know. I was watching it last night, and um, uh, so we we're watching the movie. My wife was like, you know, like we're she's so into it, and, and we're watching. Like she'd started off cooking in the kitchen. I was watching the family room, and uh, then she moved over and was just like sitting on the floor watching the thing. And then the footage of nine eleven happens, and she's like, "Holy shit! Is they saying?" That the Catholic Church, the, the 9-11 World Trade Center, I fucking knew it. I was like, no, honey, that is not, that's not what they're saying here. That just happened at the same the time. The Catholic Church did it. Yeah, she's like, I wouldn't put it past them, though. I was like, I know, I know, I know. She'd like to deflect all the attention. I was like, honey, it's not. It's just, it happened simultaneously. That's, that's all. Although, yeah. that was kind they of did. interesting. They theory. Did. Yeah. And we uh, actually took out a scene out of 9-11, too, because there used to be more there, and people... In our screenings, we're feeling like they didn't want to again be taken away from the investigation. That's the thing, like yeah. that—that's a right turn. That thing, you're like, oh fuck, they get, they're away from it for six weeks or whatever it is. You're like, you know, yeah, you yeah, didn't want you, to be away from it. You, you know? know what though? I mean, that that to me was what was so great about it. And then I'll congratulate you on nailing it perfectly because I found the frustration to be, you know, I mean, obviously, it's like I felt the character's frustration because I was very frustrated. I was like, what the fuck? I was like, oh no, 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 no. No, come on, <laughs> and you know it's like it. It was killing me that they that like you know that the the um, Stanley Tucci, the lawyer Sarkanian, what's his name? Sark- Garabedian. Garabedian. Yeah. Like you know, it's like he was going to file the you know the motions, and that was right. all like you know. And how cool. great is he in the movie? Oh my god, he's so good. In His dailies are unbelievable. Yeah, he's, he's one of the best actors I've ever seen. Yeah, I mean yeah. that's the and to me Ruffalo too was just like the character he created and I don't yeah. know if you had to adjust it from time to time but like you know in the editing room but his, I loved the quirks of that character yeah they're all great 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 yeah. I mean it's just the, the best Michael cast Keaton, ever Michael Slattery I mean those yeah. guys are all so fucking and every great. day there'd be somebody new sh- you know the, the main cast was phenomenal and then then one day we'd have Billy Crudup showing up in a yeah. scene. Oh, he's so good too. And then Tucci, yeah. then uh, Paul Guilfoyle plays Pete Connolly, yep. the guy that was uh, yeah. sort of big a mock for the too. church. Yeah. And I love that scene between him and Michael Keaton in the at bar. The bar. Oh, yeah. so good. Yeah. Um, okay, so you get that script. And you're like, this fucking script's great. This is going to be exciting. Is there any? Uh, is there ever a chance that McCarthy's like, I might get a new editor for this one? Is there ever <laughs> that moment? Are you like... No, I think it's just easier just to hire me again. So. <laughs> <laughs> this path of least resistance. You know, it, each other's farts smell like. That's yeah, what it is. Okay. yeah. Well, his dog, <laughs> his dog farts a lot. The dog is in the edit room a lot. So, oh, and oh, I'm anti-dog in the edit room, bro. Yeah, I just want you to know this. I am anti-dog in the I, edit room. I don't room. like. I don't like dog. No offense to Scout, who's sitting behind you, but I don't like. Uh, I'm not a, a dog in the workplace guy. Yeah, I do like kids in the workplace, though. Not in the editing room, bro. No, but I like I like the vibe of children running, but yeah. not in the editing room. Um, uh, and so it was all along. You're going to do it. You read the script. You're like, this is fucking great. And then uh, did it take a while for that movie to get up on his feet? Or it uh, he had been trying to get it going for a while. Yeah. And um, I had finished the cobbler with him and went home 
to L.A. for the summer. Right. When you say that, do you mean like you're out to uh, dinner at a restaurant and you had some dessert yeah. with him? He's talking about the Sandler movie. Yeah. No, no, I know, I know. <laughs> He's like, yeah, we were having some cobbler. Yeah. We finished I the finished cobbler the cobbler together. and then yeah. we went home to L.A. Okay, go on, go on. Don't let me. Okay. Um, and then they, they got it greenlit and it was a really short uh, pre-production process. I think my headphones just went out. No, it's good. I got you. Yeah. You're good. You're good. I hear you. Um, yeah, quit stalling the car. And, uh, so then we just uh, it sort of raced into production. And mm-hmm. uh, did I and, answer the question? Yeah, no, and they were in Boston You're doing yeah. shooting, and You're you doing were it. in New York. <laughs> you were cutting in New York, right? I was cutting in New York. They shot in Boston for two weeks, and then they did interiors uh, in Toronto. They oh. did a, a much longer shoot in Toronto. Oh, wow. with, they made a set of the newsroom and the and the spotlight offices. Oh, okay, that makes sense. And so once they were shooting in Toronto, they had plenty of time. You'd get ten takes of everything, and right. often two eye lines, so from both sides of the actor. And right. Um, but the Boston shoot had, for the first two weeks was almost like an independent film. They were running around. Getting all those locations. shots, yeah, right. for to show all the exteriors for the mm-hmm. montages, knocking on doors, sure. with churches behind things in the background, and right. Um, so it was almost like two different movies, very different editing yeah. between the two. Of them yeah, they were. I, we, I, sorry, I have to say, one of my favorite shots, and you know, obviously you didn't do the shot, but I, I liked the way the sequence was put together. Was you know, it's the voiceover um, when uh, Ruffalo is, you know reading off what he's found in, in those... And the uh, cab is driving through Boston. Yeah. And yeah. then it passes by that first guy with the track marks, you know, right. pushing his kid on the swing. Right. Which was, like, so subtle. Yeah. Uh, like, and I just the, thought that was really cool. The kid in the swing is Tom's daughter, Nora. Oh, yeah? Oh, wow. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Um, actually, the, the thing about that uh, montage was that there used to be a lot more shots of the survivors and the lawyers intercut with all the cab shots. Oh, okay. And during one of our little rough-cut screenings, Brian Koppelman saw it, who was the... Uh, yeah. Director and screenwriter. Yeah. Um, and he had said, you know, it feels like an end of movie montage because you're seeing all these characters again. It, it feels like it's signaling the end of the movie. And so we ended up taking out all these shots of the survivors and the lawyers that were intercut. And it became just cab shots except for that one shot that had huh. the guy with yeah, Tom's daughter. Cool. But Tom, I think Tom's daughter was the reason. It, that's why I stayed in there, right? <laughs> the stayed. Yeah. <laughs> no, that, that's, uh, that's interesting to me always is like is the things that got cut out of the movie like we're talking sure. about. And, and, and obviously a million reasons as to why, you know uh, – I mean, we're there. Yeah, things come on, they go back in. Yeah, that happens yeah. a lot too. Yeah, yeah. And you have to sort of like sometimes lobby in the last few weeks for your the scene that you feel yeah desperately has to be in there. Now, were you sitting in that editing room? That footage was coming into you, and we're like, Jesus Christ, this is fucking great. And these actors are great. I mean, this it is, was great. I mean, it must have been a great feeling. Yeah, every day when there was just some new great actors showing up, to, along with the great cast that was already there, it was just a lot of fun to be able to work with that footage. You know? Yeah. It wasn't like some movie back in the day where it would be, you know, problem here, problem there. <laughs> right, you know, so right. It was nice. Trying to trying to cobble something together, yeah. or Whatever. It's like you had the coverage, what you needed. Yeah. Were those guys? Uh, 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 I always find this interesting for an editor too. Were those guys? Uh, did they stick to the script, or were there some improvisational things going on there? Uh, they mostly the stuck to the script. Yeah. Occasionally, at the end of a scene, there might be some. Uh, added thing at the tail, but. And as an editor, uh, I always find this kind of funny because like. Uh, improv is great to do as an actor when you're on the set, but when you're an editor in the editing room, it, it makes your job longer, right? Because there's just there's more shit that you have to sift through and make, and then there are more decisions that you have to make in terms of like what you're going to choose and whatever. You right. I mean? Well, you guys do. You guys have a lot of improv, right? We 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 have done more as we've gone on, as we've had more money to, to have more time to do it. But as an editor, does it does improv annoy you, or does it like are you like stick to the script because it's easier for me to put this thing together? 
Um, improv is cool, but I think having two cameras in those situations helps, mm-hmm. right? I mean, do you, yeah. you probably have two cameras when you guys do improv for comedy yeah. stuff. Yeah, which I mean, sometimes we don't, and sometimes you know we'll we'll, we'll shoot the two cameras on the same side. So, you know, we're shooting Lemmy's side, and uh, we finish shooting him, and then we flip around and come back to the other side with the two cameras, and then I do something fucking great in improv, <laughs> but you can't use it because we don't have the yeah. the needed other side of it, you know? Yeah, yeah. Which happens sometimes. That's why you should always just go first, Kev, so you can just, like, lay the slate, and we can all come in and lick so up I, your... So I should do all that fun shit? <laughs> lick up your crumbs. Um, but was there, a, was there an idea in terms of, in spotlight, of a kind of feel that you're going for? Because it is, like I said... It's 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 a very talky movie. There's a lot of walking and talking in that movie. There's a lot of um for me I felt like you guys intentionally stayed in two shots here and there uh, for conversational reasons. Like there are a lot there are plenty of times where you probably an instinct to jump into coverage but you didn't jump into coverage. Was there were there kind of directives of you going along there? Well, I think some of those walk and talk shots we didn't we didn't have coverage during um mm-hmm. but i think it's just for a balance for the overall overall movie to have so it's not all medium shots to have some you know traveling shots and things uh helps but um yeah yeah because a lot of times when we're when we're making our movies uh we're very <laughs> like cut, 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 like let's get to the point you know what i mean and so like uh you'll take a shot where uh somebody is walking from a to b and you'll just fucking pull it out Right, because we want to get to the next laugh faster. Right, but in your movie, you took your time. I mean, you would watch a guy walk from like uh, one floor all the way down the stairs and into the basement and into another room. You know what I mean? Right. And it was to create a sense of space, I guess. And into- well, they were talking during that one, right? One where they're walking past the printing presses. Yeah, I think there's that yeah. one. There's also the one where the guy goes down to the to the basement for the first time and find I think finds the books or something. Oh, I like love that, that scene. Yeah. And uh, but I'm saying like. The movie breathes, you know what I mean, and like I think, you know, like when we talked about earlier about Mad Max or those other movies, those movies don't want you to breathe, right? But yours uh, was that way. And I, do you guys do you have a conversation with McCarthy about that feeling, or is it that just your instincts? You think? I think it's just a gut thing, just a feel thing, and I think we have a pretty similar aesthetic. So, um, you you want there to be enough, enough time for people to. Uh, Catch up to things and understand things Absorb and, and feel, the, you know, feel the sort of important moments. Yeah, and then there's then there's places where we try to jump ahead. So, mm-hmm. I've heard a lot of directors talk about the fact that actually performances are created in the editing suite. Um, you know, and they're having they are having their actors like you know do t- small takes, do bigger takes. Um, I mean, how much of that? You know, I'm thinking specifically right now. I'm thinking of Mark Ruffalo's performance in Spotlight. Because he was, you know, I found him to be extremely likable. Like, you know, he, yeah, he was quirky, but he was mellow. He was calm. He was even keel. And then he has that fucking fantastic scene. Yeah, that speech. Where he blows up yeah. at uh, at Michael Keaton. You know, was that something that was specifically, ta- that you specifically tailored just to that moment and you kept him even keel? Or, I mean, how, mu- how, much, how much of a role do you have in that? Well, um, I think, you know, Tom's really great at, at getting a certain tone in the, with the performances. Mm-hmm. And... Uh, with that scene uh, with Ruffalo, that was one of the later takes, and I think Tom and Mark had worked to get get him sort of more upset. With how, each many take. yeah, how many takes? I think there was about ten takes, okay, and that, that might have been about take eight, mm-hmm. mostly take eight, uh, maybe yeah. some little pieces from takes around there. Yeah, and uh, but Tom's really fantastic at getting a, a specific tone. You know, right? I mean, is it, part, is it because he was an actor? You think, or yeah, I think he is. It, that's or he's an actor. He is, yeah, and uh, and then you know. Uh, then we worked together in the edit to sort of sift through the takes and uh, 
Yeah, I think you know it was interesting watching all the actors. Some actors would be first take people, and other actors would be last take people. Yeah, and, you know, it's interesting how that works too. Well, I think I'm a last take person. What are you? <laughs> I think I am. Well, I need to build up a little bit of a lather sometimes. Yeah, I like I like to work it up. I I feel like on uh, like ultimately I'm like a fifth take person or like a fourth <laughs> take person. You never get fourth take. But th- well, that's the thing. It's like I'm always like I wish I had one more take. <laughs> <laughs> they always do. Yeah. Rachel McAdams also was really good in the movie. Oh, she's, she's fantastic. Yeah. Um, she's great. They, the acting well, across the board was phenomenal. I yeah, thought. it really was. I mean, really great. Do you, um, uh, great score in that thing. Do you cut, do you have the score when you're cutting or no? Do you cut to music? On every film, we've tried to get the composer in earlier and earlier. Yeah. Because we've learned, like, we've had films where we were really racing at the last second. Mm-hmm. And so on this one, about midway through the edit, Howard Shore got involved and started giving us uh, music uh, about a month later. But we, you know, we started with temp score. That was somewhat similar, and then, uh, and then move from there. Because it really comes across in those transitions that we were talking about. I mean, that's what you're. you're cu- it feels like you're cutting to the transition music. Yeah, you know, and then that helps you pace. Yeah, you know. Yeah, I mean, he, he, did he, he Howard Shore done his other movies? Tom's earlier movies, or no? That was his first. Okay, you know, he did, did Lord of the Rings and sure, and Paris. Yeah. Okay, yeah. And so you you were able to get that in though while you were still in the editing room, at least. Yes. Yeah. But a lot of times you can't. A lot of times, you know, the movie's cut and then you send it to somebody and then they score it, right? You know? And then it, you know, they're trying to match maybe some sort of a temp thing that you had in there or whatever it was, whatever that mood was, right? You know. Having more time definitely helps, and you can, you know, Tom can give Howard notes about tweaks and so forth, and you know, different ideas for different scenes. Yeah. What was the longest cut that you had of Spotlight? Like what? It really, it, I believe, it, it was only about eighteen minutes longer than it, it is in its final. Really? Version. Yeah, yeah. And we it's cut from out your assembly. Yeah. Wow. I cut a fairly tight assembly too. I try to make it feel. But you said they had personal story stuff in there too, so right, yeah. And then right. we also ended up, you know, we shot extra scenes during the winter, so those were like added in. So it was a, the math of it's all. Yeah, you're. Are you a Catholic guy, McArdle? Uh, lapsed Catholic. Lapsed. Yeah. Okay. Is that what uh, attracted Tom McCarthy to the project? Uh, I think so. He's also he, he went to Boston College, so he's had had some time in Boston. But the the two two producers that own the the property, you know, the rights to the story, they sought him out because they liked. Mm-hmm. Uh, his f- previous films, yeah. So. And originally, I think Tom didn't sign on, or that Josh Singer started writing it on his own at the start, and then, then eventually Tom signed on and they wrote it together. And um, they did a lot of research, and it, it, that's why it's such a great script. Yeah, they mm-hmm. did a lot of work. You know, did you like find yourself though, like getting outraged at the content, or do you try to stay away from that? I mean, were you like, this is fucked up, man? The story, <laughs> yeah, n- not so much. I mean, I, I, for me, it's mostly about these reporters doing their work. Yeah, and uh, I found them to be inspiring people. You know, I've, I've met a few of them during some of this press stuff, and yeah, they seem like you know great people. Mm-hmm. I mean, but the, 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 I mean, I think we all. I mean, it, it's commonplace now. But I mean, the story of how widespread that you know priest. I mean, I'm I grew up Catholic. I went to Catholic high school, and there were there was shit that went on there also, and you didn't really think about it. As in the way you should have, right? And watching that movie though puts it into a context to me about how widespread that stuff was, and you know, I mean, yeah. I think, you know, I, I saw a few interviews with some of those reporters, and they—that's well, partly what they appreciated about this movie was that it told the story again, and maybe even to a bigger audience now, you know. Right. And I was certainly that audience, and I'm like, Jesus Christ, that's unbelievable. You well, know? you know, I mean, uh, that phenomenon became such a punchline, you know. Oh, I know. And, yep. uh, you don't even think about it. 
No, and it's like, I mean, everybody makes a joke. Oh, the priest is touching. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's like I heard the fucking joke a million times. Yeah. Um, but, the, but, but the powerful thing about it, I thought, was that last part of the movie where Ruffalo's walking out of uh, Tucci's office... And he's like, I got some more clients. Yeah. Yeah. And it's still going on. And it's too And to this day, it's still going on. Yeah. You know what I mean? And it's, it's shocking to me. Yeah. But that movie really touched that nerve, I thought. Um, all right, let's talk about the Oscar thing. Uh, you get the nomination. You're fucking psyched. You wake up 6 o'clock in the morning. Now your life has changed because you'll never have to worry about getting another job again. <laughs> Tom McCarroll, Oscar nominee. All right. Did you, you got your tux? You got it at Mike's tux next door or what? I well, I have it reserved. Yeah, I, I got a tux for the Critics' Choice Awards. Okay, a couple of weeks ago. You got the same tux. Same tux. Same tux. How does it work though? Like, okay, uh, when an actor goes, there's you know some designer or fashion stylist or whatever that gets their clothes for them, and then they they pimp it, right? Yeah, here they get the everyone gets for it the for editor. Free. How does it work? Yeah, the editor pays one hundred and twenty dollars. Is that what it is? Is that seriously what it is? <laughs> yeah. And people were saying, "Go get your own fucking tuxedo editor." Yeah, people were saying, "Oh, you know, buy one or whatever." But you know, right? I don't know how soon I'll be going to award shows. Uh, Every year, every (laughs) year, McArdle. Do you? Do you? Um, uh, when is the Oscars? How how far away? February twenty seventh. February twenty eighth is the Oscars, and Indie Spirits are the twenty seventh. Are you up for that too? Yeah. Did those nominations come out? Yeah, a while ago. Really? And so you're up for that too? Yes. How many fucking award shows are you going to in the next month? You had the Critics' Choice. You had the. Just, I, just those two more. Are those yeah. the only two technical uh, in terms of giving out to editors? Or yeah, some skip editing. Like uh, Golden Globes doesn't have editing. Yeah, yeah. I mean, is there an editors' union one also? There or? is that the ACE, but I did not get nominated for that. The ACE? What do you mean you didn't get nominated for that? I don't know. That that's why I didn't think I was going to get it. That's why I, I slept in. Who took your spot? Uh, maybe Sicario or fuck it? that, fuck them, bro. <laughs> yeah. What the fuck, Sicario? No, you know what I'm saying? Yeah. All right, so you got your tux. Yes. Now, how many tickets do you get? Just one more. And so, who's going? Uh, Beverly. Your girl? Girlfriend, yeah, seven years. Yeah, so. You, you want to bring like, your mom or anything like that? Or? She did call me going, you know, <laughs> extra tickets or... Yeah. Yeah, you got to. No, you can't get two more tickets? Tell her to watch on TV. You can't get two more tickets? What row? What no. row are you sitting in? They haven't told me yet, but they sent up like a FedEx of all these documents and, you know, regulations and things and, you know, how I'd get arrested if I gave someone my ticket or, you know. Really? You looking forward to the swag bag? I am, yeah, yeah. You probably get some good shit in there, man. Yeah. Do you think your seats are going to be up in the balcony? Is that where they put the editors? Or? Probably. Well, no, you have to yeah. be able to get to the stage. But then they move, they move you down for the category and like make it seem like you're sitting next to Charlize Theron or something. <laughs> Maybe you will. Will you be sitting with like, Tom McCarthy or no? Uh, I doubt it. I mean, I'd like to. He's but, your boy, though. Yeah, be nice. He's nominated. They're generally like the the, the, the things that have tables. The, the, like awards the Golden, Glo- uh, yeah, Golden Gloves yeah. and Critics' Choice. There yeah, tends in, to be a, Indie Spirit a, Awards. Yeah, there tends to be an A table and a B table, and, and you can guess which table the editor is usually at. <laughs> yeah, but you can all give them the finger when you win. <laughs> now, have you thought about your speech yet or no? Uh, a little bit, yeah. Always okay. start with the joke. Always, always, always leave with the joke. Really? Now, you're so uh, bummed out to come on chewing it. How are you going to go fucking accept your speech? Accept your award, That might be bro. tough. Yeah, it might be tough. Do you want um, you want one of us to write it for you? Sure. Do you want one of us to come with you? <laughs> yeah. We sit. We go up and give him the speech. Probably not. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Now, do you also get invited to all the parties and all that shit afterwards, or what? Yeah, I think so. There's uh, the ticket includes the governor's ball, which oh, is right yeah. afterwards, and then hopefully we can go to some of the other parties. You know? Wow, that's gonna be great. So everyone who's listening now, when you watch the Oscars. They're going to put McArdle's face up there on the screen mm-hmm. when it comes to this thing. Yeah. Remember, he's responsible for the budget cuts. Super Troopers. <laughs> Tom McArdle. Now you, see, you, you finally will see who Tom McArdle is. Do you, uh, I, 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 you probably don't answer this, but do you think you're going to win? No. 
You don't? I would like to. Do of you course, think it's going to go to Mad Max, like to, to those guys, like those fast cut guys? Yeah, the internet's saying that it's either Mad Max or Big Short. Okay. And then is, is your attitude like, who gives a shit? Your career has just kicked into overdrive anyway. Uh, I, you know, it'd be nice to win, but I, you know, I have to accept reality, whatever it oh, turns you know what out you should to do? be. Here's what you should do. When they announce them, and you, know, you have their picture, you're waiting there for the, the, to read the envelope, hold up uh, like a card with your agent's name on it. Right? Yeah. And then everyone's going to fucking call that guy and get you work. No, no. Oh, yeah, yeah. Or I was thinking even better, um, like uh, advertise for like Pennzoil or something like that. Just cash in. <laughs> oh, that would be pretty good. That probably, that probably was in that packet that said you're not allowed to do that shit. Yeah. Oh, yeah. They also said that you can't sell your Oscar, you know, I get, well, afterwards. Well, they try to stop me. <laughs> I bet people do, though, don't you think? Probably, but they say that legally we have to offer to sell it back to the Academy for a a dollar or something. A dollar? A dollar more than they paid for it? Yeah. Um, What are you going to do with your Oscar when you win it? Where are you going to put it? (laughs) I don't know. Will you get hammered if you win? When you win, I mean. Probably. But I find for the the technical jobs, I mean, that's a great, I mean, it's a great fucking calling card. Sure. Right? Yeah. I mean, uh, uh, to even be nominated, you know, uh, we're always hustling to get jobs in this business, and that is as good of a calling card as you could possibly have. Right? Definitely. Definitely. Your, got an door, open- your fucking phone's going to be ringing, bro. <laughs> I've got an opening joke for you. When you win, go okay. up there and be like, <laughs> I guess I'm in the spotlight now. <laughs> what do you think? What do you think? That sounds great. Can you use that? That's why you guys are top-notch That's writers. That's a pretty good one. Yeah. That's a really good I mean, one. I mean, come on. Somebody won last year who was a very inexperienced editor. Yeah, yeah. What was that mo- What was it for? Oh, Whiplash. Whiplash, yeah. Right. But I think he had cut the short version of it. So okay. he had earned his way into it, you know. I think. But I mean, had, that dude, you know, were you, cash jam, were you resentful? Were you like, I, I'm kicked that guy? No, I think you know he earned he earned his way in. He got the short. The short got made into a feature. He did a great job on the feature. Obviously, yeah, he did. I, I thought it was a great film. So, but that's an example of like you know uh, uh, how you bring your name to the forefront. I feel like like now that guy's probably got some good offers. There. Yeah, definitely. You know I mean? Yeah, and that's what's all about in life: good offers. Mm-hmm. Do you have a rival? A rival editor? <laughs> like Don McFardle? I guess I have guys that beat me up for jobs a lot, so but I probably shouldn't, like shouldn't Listen, mention them. Okay, Chandler yeah. Zegar. How come Chandler Zegar is hired? You know, there's always a guy that, like, you, as an actor, you probably have a guy that I do. beats oh, you up for a You're job. Opening a can of worms, right? He's got, so a couple, he's got a couple. Yeah, so he's got a couple. Kevin's full of hate. <laughs> That's not true. No, it's not. I'm he's full, full of, of love. love. I'm, I'm sorry, Kevin. He's very sensitive today. I am. I'm very okay. Here's a, I got a very important question. This is how I hire an editor. Do you allow farting in the editing room? That's a very important. You're in there. Yeah, you so tight quarters. Think carefully. You might not like it, but it's a bodily function that has to happen late at night when you're eating pizza. Think carefully. The answer may not be what you think it is, or it could very well be. I prefer not, but I, I, I'm not really in charge of everything. You know, the okay. direct. It's the director's. Like you're not film. in charge of Kevin. Most editors I work with get Flashers. very mad when you fart in the editing room, but then I just tell them, "It's happening, bro. Get used to it. <laughs> We're going to be in here 15 hours a day, 20 weeks. I'm going to be farting. So, well, can you live with that? Probably, yeah. But how come we've never worked together, Carl? I don't know. I mean, I, I stupidly, uh, I was offered Super Troopers, but then I was out here. and Oh, you were? I'd had a bigger film that was lined up out here, and it was a drama, and supposedly had, like, Christopher Walken and Harvey Keitel Fucking and stuff. bad movie. Mm. Dude, and I wanted to stay in L.A. Up, I had just been in, been in New York for six months and didn't want to go back to New York right away. And uh, no, I definitely regret it. it People well, are like... We're the so, kids of death, though. I mean, you wouldn't have been nominated for an Oscar if you did Super no Troopers. No way. He'd be, he'd be in the grave. He's now... You went... He went in a way better direction with Tom McCarthy. Oh, he's like, we kill careers, bro. <laughs> we end careers. 
But Shander Sager's never going to work with you again because you turned him down. Probably, but uh, I, I love Super Troopers. Great, oh, great you. film. Yeah, because your name's in it. Yeah. And like, if I tell people my name is even mentioned in it, they're like impressed. How, like, my stoner cousin was thought it was yeah. the greatest thing ever. What? How, how, did you, how did you turn us down and we still put you in the movie? That's interesting, right? Do we yeah. fucking love you or what? <laughs> I think it is. Do we love you or what? Do you cut? Uh, have any desire to cut TV or anything like that? Or do you cut other genres? Or are you going to stay in the movie? I'm uh, open to it, but I always like cutting movies. Yeah, better. I mean, doc. I worked on some documentaries at one point, and I found them to be very uh, hard because mm, they mm. they they can cut forever, and you sort of have to like find the whole story in the edit often. And, and uh, yeah, that's that seems like that's one of those things where you get like a hundred hours of footage that you have to fucking sift through. Yeah, and then, I mean? and I, I you do get tired of looking at the same thing after six months. And sure. So well, you did that movie Heckler, which we which we watched. It's the uh, Jamie Kennedy. Movie, yeah. which is kind of cool. My goddess too, yeah. yeah. And going out on the road and getting heckled and what what it's like, you know, for comics and stuff. Yeah, that was cool. I mean, I, I thought that was a cool film. I, I did like the first uh, part of the edit on that, and then I went off to do the visitor. Okay. Um, but I think Mike Addis went out and shot so much stuff for it. It really has, has so many great uh, interview yeah. bits in it. I think he did a great job. Yeah. And what did they do? Did they plop all this footage, and you have to start sifting through that footage, or what did you have to do on that? Yeah, I was working through the footage. Um, but uh, he went and shot, I think, at least as much footage as he had again after I even had gone off to the visitor. So he, he kept working on that forever, you know. So, yeah, it's a cool yeah. movie for comics to watch, though. Yeah. Did you did you edit Philip Seymour Hoffman's last movie? Uh, was God's Pocket? Yeah, I think it was. Yeah. Was that his last movie? I think it was. Yeah. Yeah. So. He was also a co-producer on it, so huh. he came in to see a couple of rough cut screenings and. Uh, I showed it to him and sat with him and got his notes. And he had a lot of really smart, great notes. I remember takes that we hadn't used and different things. And uh, yeah, he seemed like a really great guy. Yeah. Do you have? Right. Do you and uh, and Beverly have sexceptions? Like you're going to be the Oscar surrounded by the most beautiful people <laughs> in the world. Will you? Is there one that she like? Hugh Jackman or like uh, or or Helen or Mirren? Tom Hardy? Yeah. Oh yeah. Are you a Helen Mirren guy? <laughs> oh, you were talking about her. You mean like freebies and stuff? Well, the sexception. Yeah. Like, is there is there the one that you're like? What if? What if like um like Brad and Angelina ask us to swing. Will you do that? <laughs> <laughs> that sounds like a really good idea, but, you know. It'd be a great, be a great yeah. story. Yeah. It'd be a great story. Uh, favorite actor to cut? It's another tough one. I mean, Richard Jenkins was fantastic. Great. Uh, mm -hmm. Also uh, in Spotlight. Yeah, he is. Well, he's the voice, right? He's the voice. He's yeah. the voice. Okay. Yeah. yeah. But, you know, the, the cat, this whole cast, Stanley Tucci, Michael Keaton, Mark Ruffalo, all a lot of fun to cut. Yeah, I mean, well, sometimes I feel like you get in the editing room and... <clears throat> Uh, there are those actors who just hit their fucking mark, yep. and every take is good, and uh, you, you're welcome. It makes Kev. you work. You're welcome, Kevin. I don't know about you. It makes you work easier. Yeah, you know what I mean. Yeah. And and then there are some actors who fucking you have to protect, and oh, oh, shit. Oh, shit. you not, have to he, in the conversation when the conversation is going on, you have to have. Uh, the camera on the other actor a little bit more. Is he looking at me? Yeah. Is he looking at me? <laughs> Shit, he's looking. And at I'm me. not going to have you out those people, but they're. You've worked with some serious, professionally good actors. Right? Yeah, I mean, I'm, I think Stanley Tucci might have been my favorite on this one, yeah. just in terms of he he could do so much dialogue so quickly and and he give really it riles it off. Doesn't he? And I just yeah, he just couldn't believe it. Is know? is it is it amazing? Like, is, is it a privilege to be able to say like, okay, uh, oh, holy shit, I'm working on this film with. Michael Keaton, and I'm going to get to watch every single one of these takes and get to watch outtakes. I mean, you know. Yeah. Like, uh, were there any of those guys who were like the way Kevin and I are, where the second <laughs> it's, it's cut, they just start fucking goofing off, or were they all like method actors in the moment? Hmm. 
Like McAdams does. McAdams like fart on the boom guy when he like bends over <laughs> to like. Didn't strike me as she would do that kind of thing. You don't think she's got a like? Do you mind farting uh, in the editing suite? Uh, right, kind of gal. No, nah, I don't think she is. See, this film wasn't such a comedy film, so people I don't think people <laughs> no were kidding. really jumping in. Yeah, no bloopers reel on this. Not really. No. Did you put together a blooper reel anyway, just for for fun? I think I, I usually I tell my assistant to start working on one during the shoot in yeah. case they want it for the wrap party. Like we're not caught without anything. So mm-hmm. yeah, but that like. On this film, we weren't really coming up with many bloopers. Yeah, what are the bloopers? It was a fairly serious. Do you use the same assistant in every every movie, or do you, you have someone you usually work with? I use different people, but I have a guy out here I really like working with, Ken O'Keefe. Yeah. I've worked with him like six times. And the assistant editors are really important to you. Very important. I mean, yeah. tell, what, what's the distinction of what they do versus what you do? I mean, uh, They bring in the footage and organize it and check that everything's lot of okay and sync, and they'll maybe do some sound effects work and things like that, and yeah. And make sure that your thing goes along smoothly. Yeah, and set up things for screenings and double-check outputs that there's no glitches. You know, when you're sending out these outputs or before you have your own screening, so I usually have somebody watch it just to make sure there's no glitches or anything so that when we show it to a group of people, there's not, like, a, a problem. You know? Yeah. What uh, What are you working on now? What's, like, what is – there must be knocking your door down right now. It's, you know, it's still winter, so I'm just – it's a little slow usually in the winter, but I'm reading some scripts and uh, meeting with some people. Will there be a – definitive change after the Oscars whether you win or lose uh, you think in the scripts that you get coming to you I mean you're getting great scripts yes I'm getting, getting some good scripts yeah big directors sure yeah do you <laughs> this guy come on do you want to do something like uh, Ace Ventura like Mad Max no. or do you really feel like you found a spot that you just love with these films or do you want to do do you want to cut 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 just I, once I like drama or drama with comedy, you know, but I like uh, as long as it stays sort of feeling real, like it doesn't get too broad. Right. Um, I like when there's some action, but I don't I don't think I like if it's a total action thing. Yeah. Will, will the next movie be Tom, a Tom movie or are you going to try to do something different? I think I don't think Tom's ready to go right away on his next thing. So. Yeah. Does he have something? I don't think so. Okay. I think uh, I've heard rumors that he might want to do something with a little more comedy in it next time. So. Okay. I'm available. Yeah, me too. Okay. okay. Yeah, it's uh, a funny guy who... Uh, it's a dream in the editing room, right here, right here, bro. <laughs> but it's a good word. Uh, and so, what kind of movie are you looking for then? Now, just whatever fucking floats your boat, or what? Um, I'm being sent a lot of dramas based on real life stuff, so I think it's based on what you've been pigeonholed. Is a you've been bit, pigeonholed a little bit. Yeah, but, a lot of priest you know. stuff coming your way. <laughs> <laughs> no, a lot of Catholic Church expose movies coming at you now. You ever been asked to uh, edit a sex tape together? A, a person's an actor's sex tape, <laughs> like a rich guy, like a like a a, a, a chic who uh, sure. and his wife, like they make a sex tape with a budget of like a million dollars. I liked that movie Spotlight. Yeah, <laughs> you are a very good editor. Get me the editor. Yeah, and maybe you could pick up my pace a little bit because I found myself lacking at around the six minute mark. He do that and for a million bucks. He'd Would you do that? Would you do that? In a million for a million bucks? Yeah, definitely. Maybe ten years ago. When you watch porn, are you critical of the editing? <laughs> sometimes, <Yeah>. sometimes. <laughs> Get to the point. Yeah. Get to the fucking point. Yeah, it always went to the guy's reaction shot. It always be like. <laughs> sure. I always I take issue when they like. Get the behind the the guy behind the balls and the anus shot. I'm like, come on, <laughs> poor choice. Who's editing that fucking thing? Poor choices. Jesus Christ. Poor choices. Anus in the back of the ball shot. <laughs> Jesus. But that's the funny thing. Also, is like when you're editing. I feel like and and I, you do it way more than I do. But you get into that mindset of like you leave the editing room, and then you go home and you just want to chill, and then you start watching on, something on TV and you can't not watch the cutting. Like you can't put it out of your mind. Yeah. You know what I mean? Or like, or like you have editor dreams. You have editor dreams where yeah. you're like lying in bed at night, 
sleeping and you're editing in your head. But sometimes they actually like think of something that you need to fix in, well, in your dream, yeah. you know. Right, right. And you come up with an interesting note for the next day, you know. Right. Do you ever have the thing where you're like, uh, you're just at the dinner table, like, or at this table right here, where you're like, okay, I see this. This is close up, close up. I'm going to go to a wide here, and then uh, I've got Katie Levine in the background there. I'll do uh, cover him for a second right here. We need to pick a shot of that bottle of water. Do you see us as a film? It's like in the he sees in the Matrix. Yeah, exactly. it's like he's in the Matrix. Yeah. No, and he just sees numbers. Oh, so you're not splicing us together? No. Okay. Bullshit, McCarl. <laughs> Fuck you, McCarl, fucking liar. Are you not having fun? I'm having fun. Okay, good. Okay, <laughs> good. We're getting technical. We're getting fucking comic here. Well, I mean, this is interesting, too. It's a, a thing, too. It's like we we know each other. You know, I mean, we haven't worked together. Well, we have worked together because you've given us a lot of great notes on our films. So we have worked together. Um, and we socialize together quite a, a, a bit. Um, is it do you like I know you don't like to be interviewed. Right. Is that something that like has always been that way or something that has come about as a result of becoming an editor? Like that you just are, are more comfortable just well, well, I think you guys are extroverts, right? You're performers. Yeah. You're very comfortable and you always get a lot of positive feedback on your performing. Mm-hmm. Not always, but yeah. But it builds up yeah. a confidence, you right? What we call Club Dread? Yeah. Right. And you do your stand up comedy and sure. people pay to see you. I mean I'm an introvert. A lot of editors are introverts, that's why we're comfortable just sort of sitting in a dark room for Ten hours a day, right? And yet, knowing you, I don't find you introverted. Oh, I just heard that. That's weird. Yeah, um, I don't think you're introvert. When I was a kid, you know, I was a runner, and uh, I was on like the Channel Two News, yeah, on WCBS with Michelle Marsh. Okay, all and right. This guy Joe Zone interviewed me, and um, okay, because I'd won like a state championship in track in editing, and uh, <laughs> and I did the interview, and I saw it back later, and um, I said, you know, between every word, I said, sure. I do that too yeah, all the time. That that I, but I actually said the guys from California and Texas, you know, they train a lot, you know, in the summer, in the winter, yeah. you know, you know. Yeah. And I, I didn't even know I did it. It was almost like a weird. I do it to this crazy. day. I do it on stage. So yeah, I mean, I we talk about like it. we watch yeah. ourselves doing stand-up comedy. And yeah, it's. I say right or you know. He says right, you know. I say fuck every other word. Yeah. And so, but it was it horrifying. Happens. It was horrifying to see it back because I didn't know I'd done it, and so it was oh, also you can't worry about that. Shit. Makes you a little gun shy, right? Because so. I, because I have actually always found you to be extroverted. Let's just say you win the Oscar, and let's just say you have written your speech in advance. Will you practice it so that you don't say you know, you know? Yes. You know? Yeah, I had a friend who who won an Emmy, and uh, he was saying, practice your speech, you know, in the shower or. I actually, was practicing one when we were hiking last week before the Critics' Choice. We're in California, there's a drought, bro. Yeah, so <laughs> don't, don't, cool. don't take long showers. Oh, don't take long showers. <laughs> don't take long showers. Yeah, but I was hiking with Beverly in Griffith Park, and I was repeating the speech, and she was saying, "Do it faster." You know, leave out that part. You know, right? And I kept repeating it. Sure, sure, and be modest. It's yes. not about you. It's about yes, them. Yes, and always leave with a joke. Yeah, always, and you can close with a joke too. That's and you can good. give us a shout out. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> yeah. So, I mean, because you're going to be thanking people. So be like, you know, I want to thank Tom McCarthy for bringing me on this project. It's been a great ride, bro. Yeah. And I want to thank the actors for a uh, great performance. I want to thank the people at Anonymous Content. I want to thank uh, the people at Participant. Uh, I want to thank uh, Kevin Heffern and Steve Lemmy for being fucked. <laughs> <laughs> I know. I want to thank Beverly, my soul. And last but not least, Beverly, my soulmate of seven mm-hmm. years. And, mm-hmm. and mom, if you're watching at home, I did it. <laughs> you know? And my exception, Helen Mirren. Yeah. Helen. I'm coming for you. <laughs> See you at the governor's ball. Yeah, I'm coming for you. See you. They don't call it a governor's ball for nothing. Yeah. <laughs> Dude, we just wrote your whole speech awesome. for you. That's Boom. awesome. Okay. Yeah, Love it. We're, we're going to, you know, we'll give you the link to this podcast. Uh, uh, when is this one coming out? Uh, before the Oscars. So. Okay. Oh, okay. Perfect. We got to make our Oscar picks. 
Yeah. Should we put editor into our? We usually just do the uh, acting categories or whatever. Should we put editor into it this year? Yeah, I'm going okay. for the. Uh, I'm going for the Mad Max guy. It's a woman. Uh, she's gonna uh, a woman. nail it. No, no, no. Fucking McCardle is my guy. That's my pick. Do you think and women are better editors than men or no? I think uh, they're equal. You know? Okay. But this uh, Dee Dee Allen was probably the best editor that ever lived. Well, who, she was what, a woman. What about the woman who uh, edited Lawrence of Arabia? What's her name? Ann Coates. Ann Coates. She was great too. I met her. Yeah, I, just, I briefly met her too at the LA Film Critics Awards. They gave her a Lifetime Achievement Award. So. Yeah. Do you know where I met her, Kev? Um, where? Uh, at, at, I was going to say anything lewd, but I'm not going to say anything lewd. Go. Where'd you meet her? At Amy Cohen's house. Amy Cohen, our associate producer and super troopers. Yes. Yeah. Um, she was picking up an invitation for Amy Cohen's first Halloween party. She showed up. How old is she? She Well, uh, is she still alive? She's older. She's alive, yeah. She's matter. She's yeah. much, much older. Okay. But she might have been working on a Clooney film at the time. Oh, okay. She's still working, yeah. yeah. Okay. But cool. Cool lady. Yeah. Cut Lawrence of Arabia, for fuck's, fuck's sake. Right. She must have been like 15. On film. <laughs> um, all right, we should wrap it up. I'm going to serve you a piece of awesome pie for what a great fucking. I know we said it took for an hour and twenty minutes. Crazy. What's wrong with that? Yeah. Did Crazy. you have fun on a scale of one to ten? At all? Yeah, no, I had a good time. I had a good time. Okay. Did you feel any joy at all whatsoever during this process? Felt a lot of joy. I mean, you know, I've always liked hanging out with you guys. Okay. I think it was. I didn't know that now I have to like be part of a broadcast to hang out, but you know, that's okay. <laughs> that's, that's the way we do it. Everybody, you know, the last time we saw Brittany Nails was two years ago. <laughs> And it was at this table. Yeah. When you get older, there are, uh, you have to get creative about the ways to hang out. Like fantasy football is a great way to keep in contact with people. Yeah. yeah. And a podcast is, is a nice way too. Yeah. But you guys don't do the poker, huh? No. That's, that's what I do with my You're a poker friends. Guy. Yeah. Poker. Poker, poker game. In the front, right? Cohen, right? <laughs> Liquor in the front, poker. With Pete Cohen, right? Yep. Yep. Oh, I bet Let, you. I bet buddy. you must take him for a fuck up <laughs> money all the time. Um. All right, McCardle. Thank you for coming on. I hope I hope you'll come on again in the future. Okay. This was Thanks. not so bad. You did this again. It was, yeah, it was fun. It was fine. Tommy's fine. On behalf of Kevin, yeah. we sincerely wish you good luck. I know. Thank you. I'm excited. I'm going to be watching that. Thank I'm going to fucking watch it. I'm tuning. Fucking, there's McCardle. I'm tuning the fuck in. <laughs> there's McCardle. I hope he wins. I hope he thanks yeah. us. It'll. Be- I watch the Independent Spirit Awards too. When's that? That's the, That's day, the day before. before. Yeah, February 27th. You're going to win one of them. I mean, you're going to win one of them. He's going to win both of them, motherfucker. I tell you what. I bet Mad Max isn't even in the Independent Spirit Awards. It is not. All right, then. So you're fucking if. It's if a walk you, in the park, then. If you don't win, will you come back on the on the podcast? Sure, sure. Okay, you promise? Um, you know, maybe. <laughs> maybe if I get if I get nominated <laughs> again, maybe. we'll see. What about when Bev and all your friends are like, "God, I listen to the podcast. It's great." What if she says, "You know, honestly, my exception is Kevin Heffernan." What if she says that? <laughs> I mean, she wouldn't be the first. Wouldn't be the first. She wouldn't be the first. She wouldn't be the first. She obviously likes big guys. That's yeah. right. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. If I sat in that room as much as he did, I would be fucking four hundred pounds. Um, all right, let's chew on the way out. You got to figure out what you're going to chew, though. I'm giving. Uh, I know. Let me chew my favorite editing food. What about like when a nice pizza gets delivered to that? Oh, editor? it's always mm. nice when a pizza shows up, right? Yeah. Always nice when a pizza shows up. When the assistant up. brings like sandwiches. Does McCarthy buy you meals in the editing room all the time or no? Uh, the, the films usually pay for lunch. Oh, okay. So. Yeah, what do you guys drink in the editing room? You beer or wine, guys? Yeah, for the screenings, usually wine. Yeah. Wine, red or white? Usually red. What are you chewing? I'm going to fucking chew on some champagne. Oh. <laughs> for when I raise a glass to Tom I'm McCarthy. with that, too. I'm with that, too. Okay, I'll let, raise a flute. Let me pop that cork and, <laughs> and flute it up. Yeah, okay. What are you showing? Uh, I was going to do calamari. Yeah, do calamari. That's a good one. Right. I don't yeah. think anyone's ever chewed calamari. Fried or grilled? Uh, fried. That's the best way. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. That's the best way to put on weight. Yeah. <laughs> 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 All right, here we go. All right, ready? Mm. 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 Good champagne. Mm. 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 M
His calamari is good. Can I get Should a bite we? of that? Sure, man. Let me get some, let me get some of that calamari. You want some champers? Yeah, have some champagne. <laughs> mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. All right, McArdle, thanks for coming on. Yeah, uh, thank you. Good luck. Good luck. And the thank Oscars, you. bro. We're excited for you. Go get them. And uh, we'll talk to everybody else next week. Later. Now leaving Nerdist.com.